everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It is Richard, Steve, and Angela back for another week. Good Hello. to be back. I would say by popular demand, but <laughs> I've had a few oh, people come not. up and say they're enjoying <laughs> oh, the podcast. Good. Um, but I don't know if that counts as popular demand. Right. <laughs> um, but we're back. For those listening and following along, uh, doing the Becoming Like Jesus, um, I'm not going to intro it again because we're like, we're halfway through this series now. Yeah. Like we're advent is coming i'm watching the, the calendar yeah we're over halfway through the card of reading um and so we're in the middle of chapter six that's and right so our job as ever is to do a little recap catch us up to speed um i feel like the catch us up to speed is sometimes also as we've been reading because we record these in advance so mm-hmm. then as we're reading sometimes we're like actually here's something i know yeah so it's recap <laughs> plus extras and then, yeah, we're going to do a fly through the second half of chapter six, which has got some more big ideas yeah. in it and big questions it throws up. Yeah, yeah. I've got some questions. Now. Yeah, i got some questions. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. So I don't know if we've got, does that mean Angela gets to be the That's one right. that we intentionally <laughs> put on you? the spot this week? <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, sure. You can try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were, we were the first to say we got questions. So I think that means tag your it. Oh, <laughs> we okay. get to ask That's you all our questions. That's a fun game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what about recap? What's We can't recap all of it because it's getting longer and longer now. But um, what's so Jesus has been, we're in like a teaching section, right? So Jesus did a bunch of things. Go back, look at that. Um, and the question's been sort of the tension is building of like, who is Jesus? What's he about? What's going on? And um, we keep seeing like contrasting opinions about Jesus, reactions to Jesus. You know, so I think Luke's trying to get us to think like, who's Jesus? What's Jesus yeah. about? Like try to draw us into examining Jesus. Yeah, in this last chapter, he's last chapter and a half, he's really started to sort of push the accelerator on, not what you think, yes, <laughs> you know, and start to um, really um, shake things up a, l- a little bit, yep. and um, you know, get the Pharisees sort of scratching their heads, pushing back a little, yeah, bit, lots of surprises, their feathers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then a little ways down in the in six, there's the twelve disciples. Um, mm. who contrast the Pharisees. Mm. So we have these mm. two kind of groups. There's the Pharisees questioning Jesus, and then there's the disciples that are called, and then straight into the blessings and woes, which is um, the Beatitudes. Yeah. And so, th- so this is Luke, because I think we said this last time, but what Luke's probably doing is r- like painting the picture of one of Jesus's teaching scenes. Mm-hmm. So he's using the geography to kind of actually, well, that's another, we didn't talk about last week, we right, talk about right. it now, but <laughs> Luke uses geography sometimes <clears throat> to help us understand what, like, different things mm. happen in different places and, and build a pattern mm-hmm. um, to help help us think about things. Mm. Um, but, yeah, and then Luke is uh, drawing together, like, some of the things that were, like, the bread and butter of what Jesus taught mm. as he traveled around. And it's interesting, actually, um, because these, like, what what are called the Beatitudes, these mm. kind of pithy, short, thought-provoking sayings, um, 
are obviously not just common to Jesus's teaching because they're not just in Luke, but they're a launch pad into sections that sort of reveal a lot of Jesus's teaching in the other gospels as well. Mm -hmm. So there's something really important about the Beatitudes maybe as like a tone setter, almost like Mm -hmm. the way the parable of the sower is like, it's often Mm. the like landmark parable Mm -hmm. to help you understand then the rest of the parables. Mm. So the Beatitudes kind of important, spent time on them last week. Um, A lot of time on them last week, but I think, was that last week? Yes. Yeah, it okay. was last so week. And, and then, uh, but I, th- I think I, I remember us talking about like about it. it really paints a sort of upside down kingdom, yeah. yes, uh, unexpected twist kind of picture um, of what Jesus is teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we ha- so there's like who's blessed, what's blessing, what kind of trajectory is blessed, and what's the danger, warning, woe it's not going to work out. So like two paths, two ways, two sets of values. There was the challenge about love, uh, which was, we we had like, so I I did Tuesday morning prayer. So I spent a bit more time thinking about love and reading over that. And um, yeah, that was really good. It's profoundly. Or we could just stay there. (laughs) Yeah. Those, you know, a couple of verses are just, you know, uh, so rich, you could always just kind of come back to it and back to it and back to it. And what I really appreciated about that is, you know, this picture of loving your enemies, this something that we can't do on our own, but getting back even to our identity because you were children of God. Yeah. Um, and and he can because that's how he loves. Uh, so to love like him, receiving his love first. Yeah. 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 And Crooksy did an amazing job in that sermon, too. There were yeah. so many great yeah. takeaways. It wasn't just that Crooksy was back. He also had good things to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank yeah. you, Crooksy. That was good. Yeah. And and then we get to verse 37. So that's where we pick it up. So mm. we've had this, like, hey, love's <clears throat> not what you expect and who you should love, how you should love, lots of twists. But I'm sure we might mm. point back to a little bit. Um, and then we get to judge not and you will not be judged, and it's going to go on. Mm-hmm. So we twist a little bit. Um, but it's interesting to me, like, the Beatitudes are a kind of, um, I think, a bit of a, like, how do you view yourself? And then, like, some of the rest of this is about, like, how do you view others? Mm. But it, it actually the chapter is going to come back to... So it's all very relational, yeah. and then it's it's going to center on, like, and how do you relate to God? Mm-hmm. And so there is sort of an interesting, in the midst of different topics coming up, I feel like there's a bit of a flow there, um, which is... Interesting. Yeah, helps helps me navigate as the topics come up and what's going on. It's a good way of categorizing it that I think of the vertical between people and God and then the horizontal, which is, you know, all of us, um, how we relate to each other. So So the first, like, few sentences here, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Um, so here's my question, which has cropped up a lot of times. So Angela, in the hot seat, oh, oh, sure, will make yeah, you yeah, have absolutely. the first answer. <laughs> Are Christians just, we're not supposed to judge anyone. We're supposed to be the kind of people where people never feel judged by us. I, I mean... That is a hard one. I think what I you have to go back to what's the heart 
of God in the way we treat each other? Um, are we to live without judgment in our hearts? Um, and judgment, like what does judgment look like? Is it, um, is it pointing out what someone's doing wrong um, in love? Is it doing it in hate? Is it, um, I mean, these are, these are great kind of things to sort of wrestle with. When we see somebody sinning, is it loving not to step in? Um, you know, so these are, these are questions I have and what does judgment look like? I mean, obviously the ultimate judgment is, is the Lord's. And so, um, but what does that look like in our daily life? Uh, do we want to warn people and, and what does love look like in that context? Lovingly warn people. Um, so I, I'm just going to answer your question with more questions. Um, and it's something to really wrestle with. Um, I always look at this and I I think, you know, what's, I I think there's, you know, many other places in scripture where he's clearly saying, hey, we should be wisely discerning things um, and being able to interpret that. And so if you think of, if you interpret this word judging as, discernment, then I don't think that's really what he's got in mind here. I think what he's got in mind seems to be, uh, it's like the full measure of judgment, meaning to judge, to condemn, to sentence, to pronounce kind of a sentencing on somebody, uh, which is uh, perhaps what you're saying Mm -hmm. in terms of, well, are are you coming to the to um, a discussion with someone? Are you coming to them with uh, the intent of love or are you just looking to put them down? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are two different things right, to like make them feel ashamed uh, about something they've done wrong. And now I think we are okay to say perhaps to discern that, wow, those are someone stealing. We should be able to discern that that's not a good thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, so... Um, that's okay, but we, I think, to hold up, uh, you know, kind of this, this, as if we're the one that can pronounce sentence upon that, for that, then maybe that's, it feels like that's the heart of what he's trying to get after. Yeah, as I read this, yeah. so I, th- I think with love already being in the conversation. Yeah, it's like in our culture, recently there's an increasing interpretation of what love means as to be, you will unconditionally accept everything about me. Mm-hmm. And so if we... In modern culture. In modern to, yeah. culture, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. recent years, and it's quite a new shift to, to a, a fairly extreme form of that. Um, it's like, well, if, you, if you're really a person of love and there's pressure to be that person of love and as Christians, we're like, yes, we should be look like that's definitely... Like we've got some sort of connection to this ideology, mm-hmm. but then the pressure can be can turn into, oh, so I'm not going to let my disagreement with anyone be known, right? And we're right. also it's a conf- we're a conflict averse yeah. culture because we we're not skilled at doing conflict. Mm-hmm. So I think all of these things kind of layer up where there's a pressure, and it's really interesting because Christians, especially in America, um, have a reputation as being really judgmental. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's also a sort of, there are some younger Christians, but maybe not just younger, but there are some Christians, especially those who are younger, 
who are like, no, I don't want that reputation of being judgmental. Therefore, and, I'm just going to not say anything. Yeah, and, and actually not wanting that reputation, I think there's some good to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, can sure. you see how these ingredients could lead to you, oh, judge not, and this could be like the verse. Right. You read the beginning of this verse, and it's like, oh, this then allows me to never let my disagreement with anyone be right. mm-hmm. I'm just immediately the kind mm-hmm. of person where everyone feels like I just affirm everything about all of them. Yeah. And that's not biblical. So that was kind of my question is like, is getting at like, oh, all of these factors make this verse really interesting. Yeah. Like, what is he saying there? Yeah. It made me think when I read it um, earlier this week of uh, when Paul says, yeah, in, I think it's in Corinthians, when like people are judging each other but doing a really bad job, like taking each other, Christians taking each other to court and all, like, he's all kicking Mm -hmm. off. He says, don't you know, you guys are going to judge the angels. Right. Mm hmm. God is actually preparing, like he, his people will be one of the tools through which ex, like judgment and justice gets exercised. That's right. Yeah. And so judging is a thing, but it's really interesting to me that it's prominent between Christians, not between Christians in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. like the expectation that judging and not like the harsh loveless like you're describing some of those ways yeah, you know yeah not that way but like a really pure from love like that other version you were talking yeah. about mm-hmm. is like yeah christians amongst ourselves we should probably exercise that maybe a bit more than we're comfortable with actually yeah. in our culture maybe, maybe we should do more of that yeah. but it is interesting to me to still think about like and this is a wider like biblical theology of judgment question or something yeah. you know like but i don't see the invitation as much to judge outsiders it's more like as people become insiders Mm. then the expectations of like god's way become something we are like can hold people to but when they're outside of the way of jesus there's less although you do see god raising up prophets to talk and warn other nations who don't know but are in danger and god wants to let them know so it's like, I feel like within Christians, mm-hmm. where there's like relational equity and buy-in and unity and we're on the same page of like God's the authority, there's, it feels like there's more encouragement. But then the rest feels like, oh, that's a really gray space. And so it's sort of interesting to read these words and then think about, okay, so there's a warning here. Like we don't want to be the kind of people who are interacted with as like constantly like a, a main paradigm for interaction with me is people are judgmental mm, towards mm-hmm. me yeah you know? so so, yeah. so it's, it's just sort of interesting because i feel like i now need to take the wisdom of this and apply it to the like the two groups of people the people who know jesus and the people who don't maybe a little differently so there's this is like there's such complexity which yeah go figure like oh it's about people and relationships yeah. it's going to be complicated. I'm glad you brought up the you know like you know that which group of people you're talking about because uh, uh, you know within the church or you know outside because I think of back in Matthew 18 you know he talks about dealing with sin in the church he talks about go and point out their fault. Um, in there, and so it is like, how do we do that in love? So yeah. this notion of like, we do need to speak truth, and and you can't, you can't have that. You can't 
th- those both have to be reconciled, yeah. those verses together. And so I think you have to yeah. look at it's a broader than, oh, sorry, we can't say anything. Yeah. And again, these are not like moral laws. Right. This is not like thou shall not murder, right. a prescriptive moral law. This mm-hmm. is more like insightful wisdom, and it's more about a type of person. Jesus is saying the kind of person who's blessed is this type of person. Uh, yeah. And think about the kind of person who's like always judging and condemning. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of person who's going to have very few good relationships. Mm. Now, the kind of person who's forgiving will point out flaws. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They will influence people, but they're bringing a different aspect of interaction with people's sin. You know? It's a Mm -hmm. reconciliation. Yeah, and they're going to have loads of better relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. And and so it's I, f- uh, I feel yeah. like this is like an extension of like how do you love, like how are you yeah. a person of love? How do you build like this this kingdom of love that Jesus is inaugurating? Mm-hmm. Um, is that um, do you think that that latter part of verse thirty eight kind of? I kept reading that I'm like, what is he saying? Oh, the good here? the good measure, good measure, pressed down, measure, shaken yeah. together, and running over. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, because this he's trying to incentivize. Jesus yeah. is trying to incentivize. Like, you guys want this, a picture of blessing. Yeah. God pouring out abundant, uh, yeah. generous blessing, right? I want that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, good measure of what? I don't know. Like, yeah, what, what yeah. this is, you know, yeah. shaken. Right? It's it's just whatever this is, it's the good stuff. Yeah, like, I okay. want that. All right. You know? That's where I just landed. Um, I'm like, there's maybe <laughs> something more to it, but I'm, yeah. we can, it's, we can it's boggling my mind. Like, because some of it is like running over into your lap. They, yeah. they used to have like a fold in their garment, yeah. in their mm, sash mm. where they kept their money and stuff. Yeah. It's about, it's about being rich and full. Okay. But um, I just wanted to, like, I'm noticing in this paragraph, you're kind of <laughs> explaining it, Richard and, I mean, he basically gives them two things not to do. Yeah. Don't judge, don't com- condemn. And then two things to do, forgive and give. Yeah. And I wonder, I'm just looking at them and I'm wondering if they're antecedents to each other. Um, is it more don't judge, don't condemn, instead forgive and give? Um, yeah, and, I think and so, just because they, they contrast, don't they? Mm-hmm, but they, they relate to do. each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that forgive is... You know, you can't forgive without somehow acknowledging or recognizing right, a that's wrong. What he's saying, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. because ju- I think the the form of judging that's more con- judging and condemning. Yeah, yeah. That say you've got a fault and I'm going to hold it over you. Yeah. And I'm forgiving take away. and being generous mm-hmm. is the I'm not going to hold. I'm actually going to ex- generously extend something to you. Yeah. And it's a, it's actually like the the kind of difference where someone like will. I don't know, like in a work situation, be like, oh man, Steve's just dropping the ball and point out Steve's dropped the ball. And there's another kind of person that's like, hey, you dropped the ball. Do you want me to help you pick this up? Right. Yeah, one of them puts up barriers, puts up walls. The other takes them down and reaches across. Mm -hmm. And and like in this culture where like uncleanness, purity, and it's all amplified by being under Roman occupation, the Pharisees are you know, fighting this battle to, like, preserve Jewish identity in Jewish ways. And so the context, cultural context, is very much one of, like, don't be generous, like, be guarded, right? Mm -hmm. And Jesus is actually saying, no, you can risk a little in Mm -hmm. forgiving and being generous because 
the way the way you measure it out will be like mm. you 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 know protection and isolation and putting walls up is not actually going to help you thrive it's not going to help you be the person of love it's yeah. not going to help you be the blessed thriving person it's actually going to prevent that and so it's it's again it's an upside down it's countercultural for for them to be offered this picture I also think the really interesting thing, the end of it, the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Because the the good measure running down, running over, oh, like more than can be contained, we humans do not have that measure to give out. We have limited capacity. This is a picture of like, um, an, like a, Elisha's widow and the jar of oil that mm-hmm. won't run out. Mm-hmm. You know, if God was like, hey, if you use that jar in the way you give oil out to others, that's how you'll be treated. We're like, yeah, but I can't do that. So it's not it's not the amount of the measure mm. here that's the same. Because this is like God's measure. This mm. like mm. supernatural, abundant, inexhaustible supply that's being pictured. We can't measure it out that way, but we can do the type. We so the mm. like the mm. measures can be the same type. So I, I, like, I can't bless people to the extent God can, but I can be a God-shaped, I can be a Jesus-shaped blessing to others. I can, you know, I, I can't forgive as holistically as Jesus can. Yeah. But I, I can, like, I can approach it. I can make that my trajectory towards someone. So I think it's, it's really interesting that there is, like, Jesus is, is drawing the similarity of, like, hey, like, what's going out of you is going to be a part of what you receive and like what shapes you and what influences you. But do you think that's also, I see that as you're, as you're describing that I'm getting this picture of even just thinking about last week in our discussion about love and loving enemies, that notion of like, Hey, we can't do that on our own, but that's, but God, this is how God loves us. This is the measure of how God loves us. And, and we can't do that, just like some of, some of these things, we can't do as God would do it, yeah. but we could do it in the manner um, yes. yeah, that he would, and, yeah. and reliant upon him to do yeah. that. Because um, yeah. if, if we didn't notice that contrast, yeah. Yeah. then this would be a completely unachievable yeah. aspiration. Yeah. And there's this inferred kind of tone in this paragraph that there's... There is a source from which all of this is coming from. Yeah. It doesn't overtly state what the source is. It's just it yeah. will be given to yes. you. It yeah. will be measured to you. And mm. so, um, and it's language that recalls like bits of the Psalms and things mm-hmm. like that, where mm-hmm. God was the source. So, for those familiar with the language, it's got real like divine mm-hmm. overtones. Yeah. This kind of language. Hmm. The other thing is, like, I think it does relate again back to the beatitudes and the like relationship to self thing. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this down. I was reading a book this week, and um, here's like a great one sentence quote. And I thought it was interesting. It was written in 1990s. So it's before oh, social media, before yeah, anything yeah. like that. Looking always at others can be a socially and religiously approved way of never looking at yourself. Ah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was like, yeah, that's true. Who wrote that? Uh, Craddock. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it is like actually being the kind of person that is the judging, condemning, non-forgiving, mm. stingy, 
um, might mean that you're also the kind of person who's not able to look at yourself and understand where you connect to the blessings and woes. Like, mm. do you have the right self That's attitudes really and things like that, right? Yeah. So it does all tie to, there's like a an interplay between the ideas Jesus is laying out. He's got like a picture of a thriving person, but to thrive, it's not just, and this is like countercultural to us, our individualism. Like you can't work at being a thriving person without working at your relationships to God, to others, and to self. We tend to think, there's a bit of a, like uh, a vibe in our culture. Like if I really understand myself and my Enneagram number and my, mm. you know, process my pain and then I'll be, be a healthy person and then the other stuff will be able to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I get that right and the other stuff will flow from it. Yes. And that actually the picture being painted is like, yes, like what's in you is really important, but also the ability of what's that like self thing to be right may also depend on some of the other stuff. You know, it's there's the the arrow between them has heads on both ends, mm, you know. Mm. So there's a complexity to what Jesus is saying. But it's, it, this is the interesting thing about Jesus's teaching. There's all this complexity when you think about, it, but he's able to present some simple, memorable pictures of things that we can grasp and then spend the rest of our life trying to understand. <laughs> right. Right. And his picture, I mean, he moves on to the parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Yes. Um, yeah. And then those verses that follow. So I've got, I've got a good yeah. story for this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. illustrate anything. It's just fun. So okay. my, my dad's blind. Yeah. Yeah. And he used to breed and train his own guide dogs. Uh-huh. I think I've told you guys. This yeah, before. I remember. But um, so he, so we had a few few dogs, and one of them died of a heart attack. But when they're guide dogs, um, they always do an autopsy because they're trying to, you know, breed out mm-hmm. for medical things mm-hmm. and understand. And uh, the vet came to my dad and was like, uh, "This this wasn't a working dog, was it?" And like we lived near London, so it's like pretty busy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, like th- I use this dog." like a couple of times a day, uh-huh. like going out, running mm-hmm. errands, going for walks, doing things, mm-hmm. you know, just charging around, oh. crossing roads, you know. And uh, the vet says, well, she's been blind for at least a year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And my dad kind of went really quiet and was like, oh, my and, goodness. I did walk into a lot his, of stuff. His life was interested. <laughs> and, and did actually, song. literally walk into a pit. There was some road works uh-huh. and didn't have a fence. And he was so confused, like, how did the dog miss that? Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, yeah, oh. if the blind lead the blind, you will <laughs> fall into a pit. pit. <laughs> oh, Great goodness. illustration. Literal uh, illustration yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, so I've told the funny story. What I were you like going to say that was of, of spiritual import? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just think you were talking about, like, this internal thing that has to happen. Um, and... Um, in order for us to really be able to relate to each other in the way that God is asking and just immediately going into this parable of blind leading the blind. It's, I mean, I love in the Bible, there's so much about sight and what's unseen and being blind and given, um, you know, your eyes to see. And I just think that the blind here, he means people who cannot, um, who cannot really see to do the right thing. Um, and and live in this flourishing way that he's describing and mm-hmm. that they have to authentically live this out themselves in order for them 
to um, to share with others, to lead others. Um, and so, so in this, I mean, is he who's who's his audience here? Is it still the Pharisees, or it's just one of the teachings for everybody? Yeah, I mean, he he comes. This is like using geography. Mm-hmm. So like up the mountain is often like Jesus with his inner circle, like right. the disciples or the, the inner three or something. Mm-hmm. And coming down is like the crowds. Mm-hmm. So it's like general popular. So it could be all sorts of different people. Okay. And so the, the picture Luke's painting is like, hey, this wasn't just like the conversation Jesus had like in a closed room with his disciples, but this is stuff he was saying to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, so I can imagine. I always, I th- I've always read this passage that the Pharisees were listening, and he's really um, because of this speck, you know, the sawdust in your, in in your brother's eye. Um, I don't know. I always thought that he was talking directly to the Pharisees because of how they yeah. go around condemning everyone, and I think to other people as well, because people had this weird set of relationships with the Pharisees, where they were kind of like looked up to them but also kind of feared them, mm-hmm. felt shamed by them, but also aspired to be like them. Um, very much like everyone following people on Instagram. Like, um, yeah, so it's sort of strange. Because uh, I think it also, it's going to make people listening think, who am I led by? Am I being led by people who are judgmental? Like, because Jesus mm. is painting a picture of a thriving life and it's going to make them think, who do I follow? You know, and, which is why then I think the comment of like a disciple's not above his teacher, but people who are trained, people who learn this stuff will become like the teacher, which is the word people are starting to use to describe Jesus in Luke's gospel. The Pharisees, Jesus himself, and the crowd start to refer to Jesus not as, not as Rabboni, but as, as teacher. teacher. Yeah. And so it's sort of a, a telling word there. Um so I, I th- it's it's almost like Jesus is he lays out the the paradigm and then asks people like and who are you getting your mojo from like who are you being influenced by who are you getting your ideas from and maybe like and how do you influence others so mm-hmm. the Pharisees are like a, a like a real clear example of this but it yeah it might make people think about um, their parenting. But I mean, this other things as well. But then again, so I think the Pharisees, but the way Luke lays this out, I mean, he's just um, in the previous page talked about the calling of the 12 disciples. And so is he not preparing their disciples for leadership? Yeah, disciples too. You know, it's kind of all these leaders and students. I think that's it. I think the circles ripple out from Jesus Mm -hmm, as like mm -hmm. his disciples, the 70, his followers, and then the crowd. The invitation is a little bit like um, find someone who's not blind. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is then obviously the one who's like, I'm telling you the the truths here. Like I'm I'm the 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 light of the world. Mm -hmm. I'm the Mm -hmm. non-blind. But you can become like me you can grow in these things. So the the whole teacher being trained sort of thing is it's those two sentences. It's like, don't follow the blind, follow the light. You know, so it's an offer for people to think about changing their trajectory by changing who they follow, Mm -hmm. um, which is Mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Yes. The the other interesting thing 
because the Pharisees do become like a real foil for Jesus. Because in terms of like the upside down Jesus way, they're the downside up opposite on lots of fronts. <laughs> but because we've got also the story after this here is like people seeing a speck in someone's eye, but not noticing the log in their own, but trying to help. And that sort of picture of like, hey, Steve, I think you got a little something. And I'm like smashing you about the head with a log sticking out of my face while yeah. obviously completely unable to do anything. But um, the blind leading the blind as well, these are both people who've got good intentions but are unable uh, and don't realize it, but are, uh, but are inept, mm -hmm. you know. So it's a real warning as well. I don't know, we... Um, for good reason, will often say things like, oh, well, they've got good intentions. Um, but good intentions is not enough. So it's just a sort of right. interesting, like people's intentions help us understand where they're coming from and how to interact with them. Maybe even like how to forgive and what to forgive or what, what to judge, what the issues are, you know. But it's just interesting that Jesus wouldn't say, to the, he doesn't say of the Pharisees if that's one of the targets, mm -hmm. which I think you're right, it is. Like, you guys just don't care. You don't care about the right stuff. Like, no, you're trying, like, you want to lead people. You want to get the specs out of people's eyes. Like, those are good intentions. You're but, just you're just failing at it. But you're I mean in a you, dangerous way. Richard, you're painting this picture that he's just doing it so gently because of their intentions, but Oh no, Have I, you not I don't think it's gentle. I think this is like <laughs> shockingly like the picture is so startling oh, of like you guys you guys like you've really got right a good out. intention, but you are killing people. Yeah, yeah, I mean he he outright calls them hypocrites. Yeah. I mean, yeah. are their hearts in the right place if they're hypocrites? Well, I, I think a bit of their heart is. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's the nature of being a hypocrite, right? Uh, right. Rather than just being a complete enemy of like yeah. a total enemy. Right. It's like there's 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 a misfire, a disconnect between like intention and action, and it can go both ways. Yeah, it it, it is the. I, I mean the the picture of the 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 log in someone's eye and trying to take a speck out of someone else's is, um, the sort of ironic comedy, in here. So it's, we can laugh at it, but. Jesus is not, this isn't like a cartoon strip to make us laugh. This is Jesus saying, this actually happens. Like when you are the wrong type of person, this is how you will be. So even your intention to judge, of like, I harmful. want to help someone. I want to, what you're doing is smacking them in the head with yeah. a log, which actually, and the log is not just something that's in the way. It's your own woundedness incapacitating you it's mm. your own problem getting in the way and to say so again the yeah. weaving together of the interconnectedness of these ideas is so interesting to me and then so tragic that christians have this reputation of being judgmental people yes i mean it's like phariseedom just repeated in a way, right? No, we can completely insert ourselves into yeah. these passages. So the, so the yeah. fact that that's a reputation should make us be like, okay, I do not want to assume anything about myself. I, I want to hold these scriptures up 
and fight to be open to like having these things hit me where they need to because clearly people have missed it. It's there's some, something in our culture where it's been easy to miss some of the stuff that's going on. Here. Well, it's a really good warning. I, I was th- I'm thinking about those times where I, I may want to step in with good intentions, like he's like we've been talking about and saying maybe slow down a second, hold on. You know, how am I going to be able to do this well? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I need to do first? And recognize that perhaps my my good intentions alone, they're not going to be enough if I don't, you know, address some of these other things, mm-hmm. you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like that Craddock quote again. Yeah. Of the, like, unable to see self. Yeah. If these people realized they had logs in their eyes, yeah. if they knew that about themselves already, they would have stopped and done something about yeah. it. Yeah. Their problem is that they're the type of person where there's some stuff going on that they're trying to do some good things, but they don't even they they're not aware of their own flaws. Mm. And, and I gotta say, like I have found that to be true that the people who are the most judgmental can be the most oblivious to their flaws. Yet the younger me was wildly that way. Mm-hmm. Well, and in particular, being the most <laughs> should judgmental. We, should we dig into that a bit? Oh man, <laughs> I was so I here. so thought I was always right about everything, <laughs> and it, yeah, like growing up, like turning into an adult and starting to become a, like a more mature person. Once I got to know Jesus, was just yeah, like God showing me I was actually wrong about something yeah. was like. I don't know even what the analogy is in terms of logs and pulling teeth or something, but yeah. Painful process. Did he do it but all at once with you? There's definitely a connection. Was he incremental in teaching those oh, lessons yeah. or he yeah. was gentle? Well, yeah. and doesn't it, didn't you find that whatever you're most judgmental on is where you <laughs> have the biggest law? Where you can be the blindest, and yeah. I, I once heard it said this way, this notion of it, yeah. My sin on you looks terrible, but on me, you know, <laughs> no, kind of looks one, yeah. okay. I can't even yeah. see it, you on, know. But on, on you, it looks terrible, and I want to judge it. Yeah. On you, I think it's a log, but on me, I think it's a speck. Yeah, actually, it's, it's the other just way the opposite. Yeah. yeah. But I love how it's not just. I mean, I love how like in this passage, is Jesus the one pointing out that there's a log, and. Um, don't we need that for ourselves today? Like we can't do it on our own. We can't be convicted of where our logs are in our in our lives, uh, apart from praying for God to right. help. Show Log spotting us. is clearly hard. It's hard within yeah. ourselves. Easy with the person next to you, but hard within ourselves. And so, um, maybe that's a little bit what he means when he says, mm-hmm. "Do not judge." Don't be so quick to pointing out their their flaws when you've got some of your own. Let me do and, some work. And the you. whole the te- like when you're fully trained, the disciple will become like his teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. an offer of that discipleship relationship with the teacher Jesus mm-hmm. that offers oh, like yes. the path forward in the midst of all these challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only way. Yeah. So then we've got like mm-hmm. a couple more pictures here, which have a tone of like warning and hope depending on how we relate to them which is often a way jesus cleverly lays things out there right so the first one is tree and fruit Mm -hmm. so good trees is where you find good fruit bad bad plants because he actually uses like thorn bushes or bramble bushes is not where you find the good fruit you know so there's just 
this connection between what something produces and the type of thing it is, yeah. which I think pulls that idea of type. Well, like what type of person is being described in the mm. Beatitudes? Like there's a, a kind here. And so, but, but I think it, it does level up the question as we maybe look at ourselves and others to have a filter of like, oh, what type of person is that person? What type of person am I? Oh, I should look at what I'm producing. Am I producing people being forgiven? people being blessed by my generosity people being loved people being prayed for people being offered the other cheek like you know just all the stuff we've read mm -hmm. so far in this thing um like uh, am i like the the humility the hungering for things the yeah things that were in the beatitudes mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it it does i don't know i find this very down to earth I think I am a very sort of, I like to think in the abstract analytical. Um, and I think as a culture, we probably have a little bit of a preference for that. Um, but it maybe not a preference, but we definitely have a history, like a norm of maybe doing that quite a lot. And this is Jesus taking it from the sort of, let me lay out the concepts and sort of holding up the mirror. The result. And saying, what fruit do you see? Yeah. And, and it's a real, like, reality check to be invited mm. to consider that question. Mm. Yeah. Although it's interesting because most people I've heard use this verse is not about them, I don't know, applying this as a, like, yes, I always have to be examining myself. It's normally a, well, you know, that person, they're a bit of a jerk. They're probably a bad tree. Mm -hmm. Ironically... I like 90% of the time I hear people quote this verse is in judgment of others. Mm -hmm. Which is right after the section called judging others. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it might be right judging, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but maybe a wrong use of the verse. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I think this verse is an invitation for self-examination, not judging others. It's outward inward. It has a, it's a little rem reminiscent of James in this last, um, part for th for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of just yeah. in the way we speak yeah that's such a good verse mm -hmm. to correlate with this mm -hmm. well i also i was just flipping to james as well oh. and this this faith in deeds you know mm -hmm. show i'll show you my um faith by my deeds by my the fruit mm -hmm. <laughs> you know is is this reflection almost uh here is is that you know, it's James's way of expressing that as well. Um, yeah, it's like yeah. we can have we can have all the good aspirations, but until the rubber meets the road, they're not tested, yeah. and they don't become character. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like me standing in the room and saying like, "Yeah, I can turn the lights on." Well, like, well, it's dark. Could you turn them on? Like, no, but I can. Yeah, I could if I wanted to. I could turn them on. Yeah, and it's only when you flick the switch you're like, "Oh, there's no power." So that's kind of yeah, James's yeah, point yeah. And, yeah. and the whole fruit point is yeah. like the power that's in you will be revealed by seeing what you can produce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. And, and actually that idea of power, th this is like we're mixing metaphors wildly here, bringing like electricity, power, electricity into the story. Fruit. But like what are you connected to <laughs> yeah. is similar to the like what's your foundation, where do you stand? 
like what do what do you stand on mm-hmm. like what what foundation empowers and influences and and enables things to happen in you mm-hmm. and then we get this picture we of like well the builder. house could be built on the rock mm-hmm. yeah. or on the sand and then when the river rises and the floods come if you were built like on the plain by the river where it looked easy and it looked like it was going to work what you're actually going to find is you get swept downstream but if you did the harder thing to go like find the rock and build on the rock so so there's again it's the nice thing here is jesus is it's a challenge but it's a challenge with a huge dose of hope because you can respond to this challenge and feel condemned or you can respond to this challenge and feel invited like oh the rock's available Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the that's that available. invitation is there that and puts them in. Here's my word. Whoever comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. That notion of and and that's a little bit of that. You know, acting upon the faith that you've been given. Are you going to exercise that muscle? Yeah, that he's yeah. given you. Yeah. Um, and when you do that, you're you're building it on rock. Yeah. I also love, and like the waters will beat against it, like a great storm is that that sort of picture, you know, um, but could not shake it. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea not only being built on the rock and Jesus is the rock, do we get to grow the right things, to become the, to the type that produces the good fruit, that gets the blessing, that thrives, like all mm-hmm. the beauty happens and we will be resilient against things that try to push us away from that. So so I love the aspect of resilience built into this, that this thing will happen in storm sometimes, but the connection with Jesus builds in resilience. And it has to do with the foundation, and it has to do with the inward before the outward. I just keep getting this picture of inside, outside. What, what, What am I... What am I feeding on? What am I nourishing my soul with um, in order to be inwardly, spiritually healthy and whole and full Yeah. so that there's fruit that's yeah. authentic and true and right? Yeah. I, I see in this too, I mean, you know, he's pointing out a couple of things, uh, this notion of, like, as I'm r- listening to this, as we're going through this, this notion of, first of all, Everyone's being built, you know. We're we're growing, yeah. we're, and it's what are you building on? You're, what are you're you somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're somewhere. So no, there's no neutral ground here. Built. It's not your decision. Yeah. It's happening, right? No matter what, you're building on something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, the reality of there is a storm that's going to come, mm. to that you're going to be facing. Wow. Um, that's yeah. in in both these cases. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. there is a storm coming. It motivates preparedness. Yeah, and there is a result of that that looks very different mm-hmm. depending on how you're building that um, it's in, in either way. So it's, I, I keep coming back to this. I, I'm, I've been just, I've been thinking as we've been talking about, and I just see this, I go all the way back to a couple of weeks ago, quite frankly, and Jesus in the, you know, in the um, wilderness being confronted with identity issues, et cetera. And here he's like breaking out, he's, he's gone through that and he's breaking out identity, he's describing this identity of somebody who um, is following him, if what his disciples yeah. are like, it's loving differently, it, blessedness looks different. 
You know, loving looks different. Judging looks yeah. different. All these things, building your house, your fruit's different. And I, I still have that picture of the, you know, uh, your, well, it's just, I, I keep coming back to that. Like, this is the identity I'm trying to shape for you and paint mm-hmm. a picture of. And I'm standing before you as someone living out this identity. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Identity is a real big theme. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, we should end, having got to the last verse. That would make sense. There we go. And with a good, I don't know, a good landing zone there. Okay. (laughs) So keep reading, everyone, seeing what Jesus has to say. Take care. Have fun. (laughs) 